0: every time you every time you look at me you're reminded of him
1: you think I want to forget him I want him back there's nothing more we could have done there's too much Vader in him that's why I wanted him to train with Luke I just never should have sent him away that's when I lost him that's when I lost you both We both had to deal with it in our own way. I went back to the only thing I was ever any good at. We both did. We lost our son. Forever. No way. It was Snoke. He seduced
0: our son to the dark side. But we can still save him. Me. You. If Luke couldn't reach him, how could I? Luke is a Jedi his father.
1: There's still light in him, I know it.
0: General, the reconnaissance report on the enemy base is coming. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hoth, our hosts, Carl Leclerc and Jason Hunt, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampus Lair. Hello everyone and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampus Lair podcast. This is episode number 282, The Force Awakens, Act 3. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Poe Dameron to my BB-8, we have Carl LeClaire. Ah, Jason, I'm glad to be back. I am glad to be back, too. Ah, good old Force Awakens. Remember that movie? I do, I do. Fondly.
1: So, fondly. I looked back at when we did Act 2 for this movie. It was over Uh a year ago. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, there's just so much stuff to talk about. There, just, there is just a there is a never-ending wealth of stuff to talk about. Just a continual reminder to all those all those people that say to me when I say that I've been doing a podcast for six and a half years, they're like, "What do you have to talk about?" And I'm like, "Oh, surely you know nothing.
0: <laughs> you know nothing." There's so much to talk a, about. Just take a look at the podcast. See our different episodes and you'll find out. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so we're
1: going to be breaking down Act 3 of Force Awakens in this episode. And uh, for us, where we left off in that last episode in February of 2017 was right after the, the end of the battle on Takadana, after Rey's been abducted and, and Han and Leia have their reunion. So we'll be picking up right after that and then talking through the end of the film. But, uh, of course, before we do that, uh, we had a matchup from last episode, a Force a Force Awakens, no, a Phantom Menace-themed episode, where we pitted the Battle of the Captains. Good old Captain Panaka, Red Group, Blue Group, everybody do the way, against Captain, Captain, Panaka. Captain <laughs> Panaka versus Captain Tarples. You sound big doo-doo this time, Panaka. Yes. And, Jason, what say the
0: Larian's? Oh my goodness, this was not even close. Um <laughs> I did not uh gather all the answers together like I, I normally do. I'm still figuring out the whole uh podcast prep versus job new job situation. So but I do have all of the answers tallied. I did read all of the answers, which was amazing. It was hilarious. Um some rather entertaining stuff. But our Larian tally. Uh went like this. We have fifteen for Captain Tarples, two for Captain Panaka, one for Captain Rex and one for Rick Ole, Who were not even in the matchup, but they won somehow anyways. <laughs> so um yeah, Carl.
1: This is not close. No, and it's not gonna get any closer oh. with me. <laughs> um All i mean right. I, I i love good old padaka red group blue group everybody away
0: everybody's way
1: <laughs> i just love that line <laughs> um but yeah no tarples takes this hands down and for for one big reason again we know that the gungans um are in a way a warrior race so tarples we can assume grew up learning how to fight in combat and you know I don't think the Gungans were ever really at war, but there's still a warrior culture. That there's a, a tr- tremendous respect for the warrior culture in a way that that doesn't exist for the people of Naboo. Right? It's a it's a peaceful planet. It's a peaceful government. Panaka is certainly you know a, a capable soldier, but he's on a security force for a peaceful planet. So again, while he's probably also well trained, it's just that difference in cultures. I think really makes the difference. And then of course we do get tarples fleshed out in the clone wars where he takes on Grievous. Yes. He right. loses. I mean, in his mind, he sacrifices himself, but he fights Grievous in a pretty good battle and Grievous, you know, he kills Jedi. So the fact that tarples can hold his own against Grievous, Panaka would last like two seconds against Grievous. So, right. So, yeah,
0: I think hands down, tarples takes this. What do you think? Nice. Um. Well, I'm going to go against the grain as I want to do sometimes and i'm going to uh You're give it to rick Holly, my- aren't you no 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 no. no. <laughs> he's cool but he unless he's in a starfighter he's not even in the same ballpark with these two um i mean have you seen that hair man does not get his hands dirty um <laughs> <laughs> well, you have seen Panaka's clothes he doesn't get himself too dirty either he's got gloves he's got big leather gloves that's true um but I'm I'm going with Panaka on this one. Panaka! Panaka! Um, for one reason only. Panaka is the one who developed the uh, decoy program. And so he will send a decoy to fight Tarpals. And then when Tarpals bests his decoy, he will emerge and uh, finish tarples off. That's it. I got nothing <laughs> else. So basically... Panaka wins by cheating. (laughs) Yes, he cheats. Okay. He cheats in order to win. But I'm going with Panaka for that reason only. Um, So that gives us a final tally of 16 for Captain Tarples, three for Captain Panaka, one for Captain Rex, and one for Rick Oley. So there you go. I do like and, uh, and 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 like I know with how
1: busy your 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 day has been, I know you didn't have time to like actually you know flush out all the the great responses people wrote, which is fine. But I just remember one of them really made me laugh, and I can't remember the person's name, and I apologize. But they're like they quoted you know Panaka, when he's like, "This is a battle. I do not think that we can win." He goes, "Panaka yes. loses because of his bad attitude or something like
0: that." Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh man, which I got a um, kick out of that. And Kate. Katie says the only way Panaka wins is if Padme shows up and fights his battle for him. Um, so, you know, I, she's not wrong. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. But but uh, we will have an awesome poll for you at the end of the episode, so stick around for that. But uh, Carl, I think we should jump into Act 3 of The Force Awakens. Let's do it.
1: All right. So this act begins again for us with this kind of heated discussion between Han and Leia about the fate of their son. And what's interesting is that they're obviously both in very different places and where they believe their son is. And for Han, he's kind of written Kylo off, right? I don't think in like some sort of malicious way, but just like our son's gone forever. Like, that's what Han genuinely believes because he believes there's too much Vader in him and he he knows very well what Vader was. But it's Leia who's going to convince him that their son can be brought back. Um, and really what this scene kind of reminds me a lot of is how Leia in a way takes the place of Luke in Return of the Jedi in this scene, right? So in Return of the Jedi, when you have Luke kind of revealing the truth about their you know family linkage and who their father is you have you know leia just kind of being flabbergasted by it you know why are you going to try to go to him you know she doesn't come right out and say it but basically you know you can imply that she thinks luke's being crazy here and that's kind of han in this moment han doesn't think there's really anything else they can do and leia is the one saying no 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 there's still light in him and i know it um and you know that's going to kind of uh, you know, in, inspire Han
0: to, you know, go that extra mile. Yeah, yeah. No, she. That, that that's a good good way to put it. That she's the one sort of digging into the family stuff, like Luke was in in Jedi. Um, and it is interesting that obviously the parallels are there in black and white uh, between what is being said about Kylo here and what was said about Vader. In Return of the Jedi, and I and I do believe because of that experience with Vader and and Luke, Leia believes her son can be saved wholeheartedly, and it, it is only because of that interaction. Because she's not someone who's you know prone to giving to flights of fancy or or, or you know pursuing a false hope. Uh, she's she's too level headed for that. But because of what luke was able to accomplish with vader i'm she believes that that ben is redeemable hans a bit more cynical he's seen the uh the butt side of the galaxy and he's not so sure so (laughs) right yeah
1: yeah and i just i really appreciate this kind of um in a way if you think about it too i really like that point you made jason um you know, that it shows the growth of Leia, too, as a character, right? That she knows that no one is irredeemable, right? If if Luke right. could save Darth Vader, there's no reason that, you know, between Han and I, we can't bring our son back.
0: Um, yeah. And yeah. so it, it's, it's interesting because putting this scene with the scene between Luke and Leia in The Last Jedi when she talks about the fact that now you know her son is lost and luke reminds her no no one's ever truly gone you know he may not be able to redeem kylo but no one's ever truly gone you know he's he gives her the room to continue in this belief and this hope that perhaps her son can be redeemed um instead of you know so that she still has that hope that she has here in the force awakens, right, yeah,
1: um yeah, so you know that that scene kind of ends with Leia you know confiding in Han and and, and believing that there is something that they can still do um, and uh yeah, you know what's interesting too in that conversation is they don't seem in any way to blame Luke. I mean, that's, well, it's very evident that they don't because Leia says, you know, no, it was, you know, it was Snoke. He's seducing from the dark side. So for Han, Han kind of believes that their son was predisposed to this, right? There was always too much Vader in him. I'm currently reading um, the the Han and Lando novel, uh, Longshot. Um, I'm only like... Last shot. Last shot. Thank you. I'm like a a third of the way in. It's okay so far, but a lot of it is, this isn't a spoiler, but a lot of it at the beginning is just like Han really struggling to be a father. Um, So I appreciate getting a little bit of that background. Um And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it seems to show that, like, for Han, like, he's just frustrated. Like, I don't know what else we can do. And, right, and Leia thought, that's why, you know, we'll send him to Luke. And that clearly just didn't go as planned Um, because Snoke got into his ear. So, again, right, it, it, right a lot of fans, we really want to know that. We wanted to know that in Last Jedi. Of course, we didn't get any of it, and now Snoke is dead. It doesn't mean we won't get it in nine. There's a good chance we will. I mean, think of... Empire there's a lot of there were a lot more questions if you watched Empire and you somehow couldn't remember Return of the Jedi right there's a lot more questions and answers in that movie too um, so it's fair to say that um, you know uh, JJ can certainly wrap things up a bit with nine
0: oh yeah so, oh yeah
1: um,
0: and I hope he does I, I, I wish him all the best because that's a tall order um, but I hope he can I hope he can do it yeah um but then we go into this this really intense
1: scene between Kylo and Ray, you know, in the interrogation chamber, and you know, Kylo's trying to pull out of her the you know what she saw on that map. I don't I don't know exactly what he's hoping to get, but I mean well, obviously he's hoping to get the location of Luke Skywalker, but um I don't know if he's hoping to get her to like say the planet because she clearly doesn't know that. Um, but it's a really powerful scene where, again, we've seen Kylo now, you know, we've seen him use this, this force ability twice now, you know, with 100% <laughs> perfect accuracy on Poe, right? He, he pulls that off expertly with Poe at the beginning of the film, and then we see him pull it off on Ray, knowing that she's seen the map without her saying a word. So we know how powerful Kylo is, and we know that he's certainly you know, his fingers are in there probing her mind. You know, it just makes me think of that episode of the clone wars where you have Obi-Wan, Anakin and mace, you know, force probing Cad Bane, which is a incredibly powerful scene. Um, yeah. So again, we've seen this force power used before. And, you know, so Kylo's in there, you know, sifting through her dreams. You know, the first thing he sees is, you know, I see the Island, you know, so he does see what she's seen. He sees octu, He just doesn't know where it is or what it is. Um, right, and I love it. I mean, it's it's a very penetrative scene. I mean, it's it. Uh, this is probably too strong of a word, but it's. I don't, don't want to say like the R word, but it's almost like that. Like he is Im-
0: like mentally. Um, I don't. I'm trying to use. It, a less it's invasive. Word. Thank you. Yes. Uh, yes. It, it is incredibly invasive, and and it 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 violates her mind. You know, it, yeah. and it's it's. that honestly that is you know that word we were trying not to use is is a good description uh because of of the way that this all goes down but it is he is unwelcome right. and he doesn't care right yeah. because he wants the information yeah. and he's going to get it yeah um and but but yeah. this this connection that we end up seeing probably you know lays the seed for Snoke to be able to connect their minds so easily in the last Jedi. So,
1: yeah. And the thing when he's in, he's in there too, obviously, right. Like he sees what she, he sees her feelings for Han, right. Oh, you know, you think Han's this father you wanted? Well, he would have disappointed you. He's speaking right out of his own raw experience there, right? It's very clear that he's disappointed in his father. Um, yeah. But what I also like is again, how this scene is, kind of painted for us is we know how powerful Kylo is. Ray is literally shackled down. She is what is perceived to be the helpless victim in a way. And yet she turns the tables
0: and yes, that's what's and so
1: yet. Yeah. And that's what's so powerful about her characters is Kylo doesn't realize what he's doing also is, is he's pushing in the it's, it's, it's a literally awakening these, this innate force ability within her. And, you know, what's so great too is I've this line always perplexed me and I always liked it when Kylo says to her, don't be afraid. I feel it too. And I remember like we talked about this a few times on the show back when force awakens first came out, you know, what exactly does this mean? And what I think, I think it actually has its full meaning now in light of last Jedi. I think what Ray's afraid of is simply the force, right? She confesses that to Luke in last Jedi when they're inside the, you know, the little tree hut there you know, something's yeah. in, in, inside of me. It's awake now and I'm afraid, right? She's afraid by this power that's within her. She doesn't know what to do with it as she confesses in Last Jedi. So I really think that that movie now gives incredible context to that line that Kylo delivers here is what what Ray is afraid of is this power within her. Um Kylo probably shouldn't have told her not to be afraid of it because then she just starts to push back with it. And I love the music in this scene, right? We've got Kylo's theme as he's trying to dominate her, and then it transitions into Ray's theme. As she takes control, the Force starts to push back. There's that really great shot of her, like, kind of pinching her eyebrows together, almost as if she's pushing him out. And not only does she push him out, she penetrates his mind to see his deepest fear. Yeah.
0: Well, what, what's happened is he, he created a bridge, and a bridge goes both ways, mm. and he didn't think that she was smart enough or powerful enough to cross back. Um, either he didn't think that, or he was just arrogant and didn't consider that that was even a possibility, um, which is also likely, uh, and you're right, she's... I, I I do love the the moment where she begins to push back, and and this moment I think is when Ray really dis, you know discovers that she's able to use the force, and that the force, while it's unknown and terrifying, um, and it's you know all that that she admits to uh, the Luke. It, there's, she's able to harness it. She's able to use it, and she's able to uh, be successful at it. And so, you know, perhaps Kylo pushed too hard here, <laughs> and that's what sets her up uh, for success later on in the movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kylo in, in the start of that scene is a very arrogant character, right? You know, I can have whatever I want. You know, that line in and of itself is super manipulative. Um, oh, incredibly. And, uh, well, he can't. <laughs> is what he learns. Um, and I love how he then runs off to, like, in a way, tattle to Snoke. You know? <laughs> it is kind of what it is. I mean, he and Huck's both in this movie, especially now after watching Last Jedi quite a few times. What's really interesting is how childish both of those characters are. And I know a lot of fans don't like how kind of childish things the two villains have become. Um, but I don't think it's over the top. It's, it's showing, you know, in a way it's, it's like, these are the privileged kids who expect to just have whatever because of their name, right? Kylo's the heir of Anakin and Hux is the son of Brent Hall Hux who started, you know, this, you know, this first order army. So they just both expect to have all these things and they're vying for the power of daddy.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. They're vying for daddy's favor to be the favorite, to be the, the right hand, because uh, right now they both just sort of sit at his feet. You know, they, they both want that spot of being next in line, you know, for the throne, so to speak. Um, and he's more than content to keep throwing scraps between the two of them. Um, and it's uh, he's not kind which ends up with Kylo and and Hux going to more and more extremes with each other. But you're right. He does kind of tattle. He's like, it's not my fault. You know, I didn't get it, but it's not my fault. She's powerful. And, you know, this also reminds me slightly of Vader talking to the Emperor in uh, Empire Strikes Back, you know, when they're discussing the possibility of turning Luke And maybe Kylo is broaching the subject in order to perhaps talk about turning Rey, but Snoke is not interested in that. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, when Snoke does say, like, if this is all true, I want you to bring her to me. um, To me, I I almost feel like if he does and Snoke discovers she is more powerful, I feel like even though Snoke is not a Sith, he's very sithy. I feel like in his motivations here of I'll just, I'll just take her and the heck with you Kylo. Right. You know, he obviously just wants who's most powerful.
0: Oh yes. Yeah. Power is all important for Snoke. Um, and therefore that has become the focus for both Kylo and Hux and they want power over each other. And, uh, Kylo has the raw force power. Hux has the army. And sooner or later that's going to come to a head. I'm I'm wondering if if in episode 9 we're going to get an actual confrontation between Kylo and Hux.
1: Won't go very well for Hux, I would imagine.
0: <laughs> no, but then there's the army that he would have to deal with afterwards. So True. True we'll enough. see if he can convince them to support him instead. Yeah.
1: Um. Well, then we get back to the Resistance base where they're planning for the battle, right? Like so many Star Wars movies, right? We have uh, conferences, councils where oh, yes. we devise the battle, battle plan. preparations. Yeah, you know, uh, just like, you know, un- the nice thing here in Force Awakens as opposed to the Phantom Menace where they're battle planning, you don't have somebody just saying, this is a battle. I do not think that we can win. <laughs> right. Um, right.
0: Oh, wait. Did we forget uh, Ray escape. Do we want to talk about Rey's? Oh, that does happen before this, doesn't it? Yeah, does it? I mean, oh,
1: that's right. Yeah, it does. It does. not yeah. watching it right now. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, I did have this a little bit later in my notes. I, yeah, I think I just screwed up the order. But yeah, so it, so that's something definitely worth talking about um, when she uses the force on James Bond. Um, right. Exactly. She's incredible.
0: <laughs> it's so obviously Daniel Craig too, which I love. Um, and uh, Bond is undercover, and instead of instead of you know, getting the woman to do what he wants, she gets him to do what he what she wants. So <laughs> it's a new era of Bond. Um, oh man! But
1: you know, obviously, he didn't get this too. There was very little those first couple of weeks. Force Awakens came out. There were very few criticisms. You know, the, right. the, the overarching one was just like, oh, it is a bit derivative, but who cares? It's so fun. And then, right, all the nitpickers started coming out after a few months. Um, And to be fair, I mean, I was one of them. You know, I started nitpicking certain things. But one of the big things people really didn't like, you know, was oh, well, how the heck does Ray know how to use, you know, the the force like that? How can she use force persuasion? You know, how does she know this? Um, And I really think it does. It just, I was watching Empire Strikes Back. Go figure. The other day, and (laughs) and, you know, Luke is able. Luke at the beginning of the movie in the Wampas Lair, ha, ha. what about what about that for a plug, Jason? Um, <laughs> we never saw Luke learn how to use Force Pull yet. Nobody complained about that in 1980. Granted, people were a lot less complaining and didn't have the internet to complain on, where they could just you right. know hide behind their keyboard. Um, but that being said, you know nobody has any issues about Luke learning to do a f- new Force Power that no one had ever seen before, and no one was teaching him. Um, I think you know, yes, there is one big difference. Luke had at least. All he had done up to this point, to be fair, on screen is train the training remote. That is it. (laughs) You know, that's it. Um, Right. And, uh, you know, nobody had any issues with that then. So it's not totally unforeseeable that Ray. And again, to me, it just makes sense in the context of what just happened. Kylo just inevitably pulled something out of her she didn't know was there. And it's almost just like it's just speaking to her. The force I don't and again, I don't think she knows what it is, which again, she's gonna confess to Luke literally the next day because these movies take place like 24 hours apart. Um <laughs> she doesn't know what it is, but she's just kind of going with it. And Ray's also a survivalist, right? Like her whole life was just having to survive, and she's gonna use whatever just kind of comes up within her. Again, I still think one thing I would have loved to have seen, and actually when my friend Greg and I met Timothy Zahn at, um, it was one of the comic cons most recently. Um, I'm sure several people have met him. He's a lot of things. He's a very nice guy, but he was telling, telling us about, you know, a lot of, he really didn't like Force Awakens. He, he found it to be kind of bad writing and kind of derivative. And one thing he said that, always disappointed him was this particular moment with Ray. He's like, it makes no sense because we, there's no context for it. He said, the thing is, he said, it would have made a lot of sense if earlier in the film on Jack before, you know, she starts her journey, you see her try to use it on like Uncar plot and maybe successfully, maybe not. But like you, you know, you plant those seeds early of like, at least her having that intuition. Um, and I thought that was a good point. Like that's definitely valid. But I still think in the context of the film, it's, it makes sense because Kylo's awakened something in her. And now it's kind of just, it's just flowing through her. And,
0: um, I don't know. It works. I think it works. What do you think? Well, I, I think it works because you're right. She is a survivalist and she does anything she can to survive. And she's good on her feet thinking like that. Um, Also, when Kylo is in her mind, I'm sure he's using some sort of persuasion to convince her to try and give up the information to make it easier, you know. And so she's probably had some of that coming back at her just a few minutes ago. And so she's like, well, what if I do it on this guy who's not nearly as strong as Kylo? um and it takes her three times it you know it doesn't work the first two times at all and then she has to stop take a deep breath focus and do it again before james bond actually gets the picture you know um (laughs) so you know it, it it makes sense to me because of what she's just just gone through um and so I, it never bothered me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. it never, it, it never initially bothered me at all. It was, you know, a little bit later with the nitpickers. I was like, yeah, that is kind of silly. What the heck? But I, <laughs> I think it makes perfect sense. Um, you know, it's what would have been, I think what could have definitely been crazy is if we saw her use the force to like open her, you know, open the bonds and then like force push him across the floor. that have been like, whoa, like, whoa, <laughs> You know? Yeah, that would have been a little much. Yeah, but no, I think it, it definitely makes sense. Um, yeah. so now we go back to the resistance base,
0: and right? Am I right? Well, we do get Kylo's you know oh, pissed off tantrum, but right. that's about it. Yeah, yeah,
1: um, yeah. So he's very angry that she escaped.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we get the stormtroopers
1: just going, "Nope,
0: we're good." Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Which, of course, is probably most of you know, was there was originally lines there and it was uh, Matt Lanter and
0: James uh, James Arnold Taylor, uh, James Arnold Taylor, not right. James Earl Jones, James Arnold Taylor. <laughs> oh, man, how crazy would that have been a lot oh, of man. James Earl Jones. People have been so confused.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, the the little conference here where they kind of devised their battle plans. Again, it's it's something very common in a Star Wars film. It's actually, it, I'm thinking of it. There's one of these scenes in Phantom Menace. There kind of is an attack of the clones. Very very loosely, like Yoda and Mace talking like, you know, I will take what Jedi we have and go rescue Obi-Wan. Go visit the clones on Kamino, I will. <laughs> um, Revenge of the Sith, uh, not so much. But, we have a war room scene, but that's more about the state of the war. Right. But A New Hope, we certainly do. We certainly do in Rogue One. We have one in Empire with Leia giving them their orders about evacuating. And then of course we have the big one Return of the Jedi. So pretty much every Star Wars movie has one. Um, one of these scenes. But the thing I like about this one in Force Awakens is in a way like Han and Leia don't seem to be too phased by how you know big. Killer bases, right? Like, you know, Poe's like, geez, you know, oh, I wish it was the Death Star. Look how small that thing was compared to this. And, like, kind of the newer, the younger, the young bloods are, you know, they're foreseeably a bit panicked and, and frantic, but there's a calmness to Han and Leia. And I appreciate that because it's like they've been here before. And Han's just like, right. you know, so how do we blow it up? There's always a way to do that. And Leia's just like, he's right, you know, and, and they have, they exchange this little smile. Like, it's, they've been there before. And yeah, they know that exactly and got
0: a couple of Death Stars beneath their belt. Right. So it's just
1: like, yeah, you know, it just they know they can do this because they're back together. And I like that, you know, like Hans, like, you know, we'll get you. And, you know, Finn's like, I got to get to the base. Well, we'll get you there. Don't worry about it. Han, how if I told you you wouldn't like it, right? Like it's Han is even though he's much older, he's still kind of this brash
0: rogue pilot. And I love that. Oh yeah. No, he's he's great. I he's good. he's very good in the Force Awakens and uh this is just another one of those those good moments with him. So uh but yeah, no the 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 planning goes fine. Uh Finn is helping out as much as he can because it means he can go rescue Ray. Not because he wants to help the resistance, but because of Rey. So Right. And he uh, even says like, Oh, up here in pre precinct fourteen or
1: whatever, right? Like why would they have <laughs> Why would they have shield controls in the prison section? <laughs> right, right. Nobody even questions him, though. Nope. Nope. Um, which, again, is, you know, that's kind of a theme expounded upon a bit more when we get to Last Jedi. But, right, like, well, they're the heroes. He's he's defected. He's a good guy. Like, they, they do kind of buy into him very quickly without right. real evidence. I mean, yeah, I mean, the evidence is is he defected and rescued Poe. But it could be, yeah, that could all just been a ruse to... Find the base, plain and simple, right? It could be. Just get an inside job. So they do trust him a little bit quickly. Um, I personally like that, though, because that's how it kind of works in Star Wars. You inevitably just know who the good guys are. That's part of the mythology of Star Wars, I think, right? You know, is you you just kind of you just know who good people are. Like Luke knows that about Han at the end of A New Hope. Like, you know, he just knows there's more to Han. Like he doesn't understand why he's leaving them in this time of need. You know, Mm -hmm. even Leia kind of knows it. Like, you just, you can sense, right? And I think that's very human. You can sense when there's just someone who's genuinely good. Leia also has the Force, so maybe she can also use that to perceive that Finn is, he's good, he's good stuff, so. He's good people. Right. Um, I love as they're prepping to go off to battle, though, because, of course, you've got the March of the Resistance playing. Mm -hmm. And I love when, you know, Poe, you know, we saw this in trailers for months before the film came out, but we kind of like double taps Finn on the shoulder as he's walking by. And something I was noticing today while I was watching the movie is Finn is walking. It's very subtle. But if you watch this closely and maybe this is me reading too much into it, we're Star Wars fans. We've been known to do this. Um, <laughs> but if you watch the way Finn is walking towards Poe, his head's hanging a little bit low. He's kind of slouched a little bit, moving kind of slow. And then you know, Poe gives him this, like, double tap of, like, you got this. And then Finn perks up and kind of takes off running towards the Falcon. Almost like, like yeah, let's do it. Like, Poe is literally just his pump-up guy. And I love that about Poe.
0: Poe is everybody's pump-up guy. Let's be honest. Well, not Holdo's, apparently. So, but Well, according to Haldo, he's Holdo not trustworthy. Is so so. Haldo's <laughs> um, um, also a stick in the mud. So let's agreed not forget that. Um, but yeah no it poe Poe's just great. he's <laughs> especially in the Force awakens. he's there to get people pumped up, to get people excited and to get the job done. and uh yeah, it's not you know he wasn't originally supposed to be alive for this battle, so the fact that we're getting him here is icing on the cake, so um i'm just I'm just glad, glad he's there because it's, it's awesome. yeah, I love Poe yeah know,
1: if you if you haven't paid attention to that, just just watch that neat little subtlety the way Poe physically picks Finn up in that little moment, and I I just love it. So, um, and then you have this beautiful moment between Han and Leia. Again, it's kind of their it's literally their farewell. Yeah, um, and I remember reading. I mean, I I remember being very vocal about this. I didn't say anything on the show, but I was reading every spoiler I could get as they came out for Force Awakens. <laughs> And I remember reading about this scene months before the movie came out, and apparently there was a line. And again, this is spoilers, and of course it wasn't in the film. It doesn't mean it wasn't in an earlier version of the script. Apparently Han's last line to her is, I'll be home soon. Um, Which, yeah, oh God, that would have been devastating. So again, that may or may not have actually been in the script. It could have just been something somebody thought they saw. Um, But I just, I always loved that so much because it makes it so much more bitter what happens in a way. Um, But the thing I like in this scene is, is it just, it shows in spite of the Rocky years that separated these, these two characters, right? Like, again, we don't know exactly the timeline of, of how long it's been since Luke went off, how long it's been since ton and Leia have been apart again, according to bloodline, which is I think seven years before this movie, there's six years. Yeah. They're still together. As far as they know, Luke and Ben are still out. I mean, if you think about it, even if bloodline like everything falls apart within that year, so even saying five years out, I mean somebody being gone for five years, I think is a substantial amount of time um mm-hmm. I don't know um that's 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 a long time to like not have contact with somebody that you were married to for five for five long years that's a long time because I mean it is presumed right. that when they see each other for the first time in this film, they clearly haven't seen each other for a while like there's been no contact right. Um, are right. not texting. They're not Snapchatting. There's nothing. Um, <laughs> right. So, um, I, I yeah, but I love that. Like there's just, there's still such tremendous love between them. And when Han takes yeah. her into his arms and he's holding her and she says, you know, if you see our son, bring him back the way and like you just kind of insinuated Jason Harrison Ford crushes Han Solo in this movie. Like he just, he plays the crap out of that character. Um, yeah. And the way he's just kind of staring off into the distance, right? It, there is this very, it, it's its a scene of great fate. Like Han knows he's going off and his fate will lie in his son's hands. And he doesn't know. His, yeah. I think for Han, he he does, Han still, I think, believes his son's not redeemable. It doesn't mean he won't try, but I think Han knows in a way his fate is sealed here um, in a way that Leia doesn't. And again, it just reminds me of the Luke and Leia farewell in Return of the Jedi in the Ewok village, right? Where Luke marches off and Leia basically says, like, what are you doing? Like, it's not going to work. And he says, I have to try, you know, and gives her a little kiss on the cheek and off he goes. And I think it's, you know, Leia is probably sitting there thinking, oh, my God, he's probably not coming back. And Luke's thinking, oh, my God, I hope I'm right. (laughs) You know, and I think you've got (laughs) you got Leia here thinking. I hope Han can do this. And Han probably thinking, I don't know if I can do this, Um, but like their fate is tied to this moment and Han's not going to back out on that. And I think it just shows how much Han has grown. Right. Um, Yeah.
0: So I I love this little moment. Yeah, no, he's, he, he knows that his, yeah, you're right. He knows that his fate lies, lies with what Kylo does because at this point, it's almost inevitable that there's going to be a confrontation, a meeting of some sort. And he has no idea what Kylo will do or if Kylo will even let him speak. So, well, I should, I guess I should, I should be saying Ben, um, <laughs> but he's going to go through and do it anyways. So we, uh, we take off and we are off for Starkiller base. Yeah. And, uh, what what did you think when you first saw this about Hans planning, you know, get through <laughs> undetected? I was like, this is this is classic Han Solo, right? I mean, earlier he's
1: you know, we're gonna go into hyperspace out of the hangar. Like, can can you even do that? I've never asked that question until right. I've tried.
0: <laughs> <You know? It's, laughs> right?
1: Han is still just like this brash pilot, and like I said earlier, right? And I love that about him. Um. Yeah, to me, it's just, this is classic Han Solo. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's classic the, Solo. And it's like Han knows this is the only option, so I'm going to do it. That's just, <laughs> in a way, think of it this way. Han is a really good personification of your focus determines your reality. Mm. Um, it, my focus is I've got to get through these shields, so I'm just going to do it. This is what I have to do? All right, I'm going to do it. And Han is a very intelligent guy. If you think about it, right? Like when you talk about like, cal- you know, the calculations, the light speed, like all these ni- minute little like navigational things that Han has to pull off. Kind of impressive that he's able to do that.
0: You oh, know? yeah. Um, he's he's probably a bit of a math wizard, you know? <laughs> <laughs> At least when it comes to uh, flying ships. Right. So, uh, but yeah, no, I... And I'm hoping we see we get to see some of that brashness, some of that, you know, gutsiness uh, in solo. In just a few weeks, oh my gosh, just a week and a half. Jason, I can't wait. (laughs) Me neither. I'm so excited. It's going to be a good time. (laughs) um, It's going to be fun times.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you think of it? Of this little moment.
0: the uh the light speed maneuver the light speed maneuver, oh, I love it it, it I was <laughs> when it happened, I was like, oh God, oh God, I hope this works, you know, obviously it will, but um I'm sitting there, you know screaming with chewy as they come out of light speed. I am pulling up, you know, <laughs> but uh I, I love it it it's it's you're right, it's classic solo. It is classic solo and and this is I wanna see more of this this ridiculous piloting. Um, which is, is fast becoming one of my favorite aspects of, of solo. Um is is <laughs> his just gutsy fly by the seat of your pants plans. So I'm getting, I'm getting excited for Solo in case you hadn't noticed. Um, <laughs> which is making me enjoy all the Han Solo moments in the other movies even more. So, um, there you go. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. When I was watching it
1: today, I, I kind of was focusing a lot on Han. <laughs> <laughs> um, But, yeah. So, of course, his maneuver pays off. He's right. Works well. Um, and... I love this little scene with Kylo, right? He's continuing, you know, make sure the base is on lockdown. She's going to try to steal a ship, blah, blah, blah. Um, and in the midst of this is the midst of Kylo giving out orders Han solo, right? He can just immediately sense his father's presence on the planet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And think about, Oh man, I, I'm just thinking there's in a way there's a lot of parallels to this and some of return of the Jedi and and I don't mean that in the sense of like it's a derivative plot but think of as they're approaching the death star 2 right they've got these fake plans han's going to try to you know deceive the imperial command so they can land on endor you know i'm endangering the mission i shouldn't have come right luke knows that vader's on that ship you know now don't get you know don't get jittery luke there's a lot of command ships um right Han showing up here in a way puts the mission in jeopardy. I don't think he's necessarily thinking of it that way, but right. Like Kylo's immediately able to sense Han's presence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that, and that's, you know, that's a little unnerving because we were hoping they were going to be able to sneak in undetected, but as much as Ben likes to tell everybody he hates his dad, they're, they're still very much connected. So much that he can sense him landing on the planet, you know, many, many, many miles away. Right. So, yeah, they're still tied together.
1: Right. Well, to be fair, Kylo doesn't hate him. He tells us that in Last Jedi. Never admits to hating him. Well, just that he means nothing to me. (laughs) Um, Sure, Kylo. Yeah. Like I believe you. Right. Um. (laughs) Um. But yeah, no, I mean, lots of little moments. But I, I, the next thing I really want to point out, though, is when they. Oh well, we can I guess we shouldn't skip over the funny moment between Han <laughs> and Finn. You know. Oh um, yes. What was your job here? Sanitation.
0: Sanitation. 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 Then how do you know how to bring but the don't, shields? No, don't in? worry. We'll use the force. That's not. That's how the, not how the force works. Oh, really? You're cold? Oh, you're cold? Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good.
1: So I, I don't know all of and,
0: the lines I by mean, heart it, yet.
1: Yeah. It, it shows, though, like who Han is as a character. He's a hero character, right? You know, the galaxy oh, yeah. is counting on us. People are counting on us, right? Like this is just a very different Han than A New Hope, which, again, makes sense. I mean, Han had already made that growth in Empire and Jedi as well. Um mm-hmm. But I love this. Like, he's, he's committed to seeing this through. And now he learns that Finn's just here to save Ray, get the girl. Han's like, are you freaking right. kidding me? Like, dude, we got to do this. And Han just we'll pushes forward. And, and like, this is, but this is kind of Han and his element, improvising. That's who Han Solo is. Right. And when Han is left to those devices, Han's not a planner, right? Uh, you know, it's very clear. Like, he's not a planner. He's a doer. no. So, and Han, exactly. just, Han just jumps in and makes the best out of every situation he's in. You know, I mean, case in point, the asteroid field in Empire Strikes Back. Like, hyperdrive's not working? Well, I just happen to have a landing claw. We'll use that. <laughs> right? Like, Han is at his best when he's improvising. Um, and that's what he's doing now. And and that's great. Because, again, if you know the Han Solo that we all know, we know that Han will be successful because he's in his element.
0: Right right there when han is when han is improvising that solo luck gets him through just about anything and uh we're going to see a little bit more of that on display here absolutely um so
1: then they go and they find ray and yes this is a great moment um cuz ray is just again ray is Not, you know, she's not the damsel in distress, you know, very clearly. Like she escaped on her own and yet she in a way still does need some help. Like she's not getting off that planet, right? Like everything's on lockdown. She's not getting off Uh, more likely than not. Um, but more than anything, this moment is just about Ray for the first time, probably in her life. Does she feel like somebody cares about her? That somebody claims her? Right. Um, yeah. You know, we came back for you. And, and I, I really like that line. We came back for you. We not I, we right. Finn. Right. Isn't cocky. He's not a bragger. Like he's yes. Like he's doing this because he genuinely cares about her, but it's not all about him. And if you think about it, this is in a way like Finn has learned from his experience with Poe because Poe gave Finn a name posed the first person to really see Finn as a person. And now in a way, Finn's paying that forward. You know, he sees Ray. He clearly cares about Ray. So he comes back for her and, you know, the way she just hugs him and like, you can easily suspect no one's ever done something like this
0: for her in her life. Right. Right. And, and she, you know, she's also done the similar things for him. Um, also in this movie, you know, treating him like a person and all that stuff. You know, while, while Poe did that initially, uh, she's done it for longer because, you know, he thought Poe was dead. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's good stuff. and And the fact that, you know, she still, you know, feels alone in Last Jedi, you know, just shows how deeply ingrained that whole thing has been for her because she's been alone her whole life and while yes they came back to rescue her here you know circumstances have conspired against that in the last jedi and you know they moved forward and it's no longer you know the case she's on her own again looking for luke and luke has rejected her so right um, but this is this is a great moment because not only does it show her that other people care about her but it also gives finn an opportunity to To show how he has grown beyond just, you know, being a a deserting stormtrooper. He's not yet to the point where we want him to be, you know, where he's helping the the rebels, uh, the resistance. uh, But his heart's in the right place. Yeah, absolutely. So he hasn't met Rose yet.
1: Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um.
0: What what do you got next?
1: Well, so, um, well, then they're, they, to use Han's line, escape now, hug later. Um, (laughs) yes. So good. Such good Han. Um, because again, he's in the midst of improvising. We don't have time to stop here. We don't got time for this. We'll save the feelings for later. Um, but they're leaving the base, right? So yes. Now at this point we've got, you know, pose leading the squadron in. they're not making much progress. Um because the shields aren't down, right? They can't really penetrate. Right. you know.
0: Impossible, nothing can get through our shields. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that's missing there. Let's be honest. Exactly. Exactly. We we just need Dalte Do Fine to Impossible, nothing can get through our shields. Um <laughs> so, we need something something to happen to the main reactor. Um anyway. But yes. So they got they gotta go take down the shields. Right. So when they're, you know, it's
1: that great shot the, the the heroes are running out for escape and they Han immediately notices like they're not doing so hot, you know, you know, they're in trouble. We can't leave. My friend's got a bag full of ex- explosives. Let's use them. <laughs> Very practical, <laughs> right? Like this is freaking Han Solo, just like practical improvise improvisation, improvisation. There we go. Wow. That was a struggle. Yes. Um, <laughs> um And this is again, like this is Han performing at his best. Um, Oh, to be fair, no, the shields are down. That's right, because we kind of skipped over this. I apologize. Um, But the scene where they obviously get Phasma to just give it up, which I still don't fully understand that scene, because it's like she's a diehard First Order soldier. I just don't see her giving that up, even with a gun to her She's all about her, though. True. I mean, I know they explore that a bit more in her comic, which, again, I have no interest in reading, because I just don't care about Phasma. Um, And they've given me no reason (laughs) to. (laughs) So... um, she looks cool, but that's again about it. Um, yeah, so skipping the shields are down, but they're still not doing well. They they're not again. They need something that seems like from the inside out, very similar to right. Phantom Menace. And Han knows again. Han knows what they have to do. He knows how to attack this. Um, again, a ton in his element. He's 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 being his best self. He's being his hero. He's the hero, right? He he knows what it's right. like to be the hero, and he knows what it's like to get things done. Um, so he commits to that and, and I just, I l- love that about him. Um, yeah. so that's what they do. They go after, you know, they're going to go into what Han's plan is. And so if Finn and, you know, Ray go off to apparently open a door <laughs> um, Yes. and Han and Chewie go to, to
0: blow things up and, and it's great. Yeah, no, it, it, it's good stuff. There, this is this is Endor all over again. This is this is totally, you know, the shield generator on Endor. You know, them running around with the explosives, space, you know, space battle going on. All we're missing is a lightsaber duel. Oh wait, um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, this is this is definitely Han and his element, and we get Han and Chewie setting explosives, and this is. This is when things get serious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the showdown between father and son. Uh-huh. It's uh, so, yeah. What we've all been waiting for and dreading. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, so, like I said, I, I watched the movie again today and obviously have seen this movie quite a few times. I still teared up in this moment. Um, but yeah, it's, it's this... I think it's the most emotionally charged scene in the film. Um yes. And it makes sense as to why. So Han walks out there, shouts Ben's name, which I just I love that. And he goes out there with one hope, bring his son home or die trying. Um yeah. And it really in a way brings Han's arc to completion. He gives his life to his son even if his son chooses darkness, right? Um, yeah. And you know when Kylo makes that decision again, there's that beautiful symbolism and imagery of the light. You know, the, even Poe says earlier, right? As long as there's light, we've got a chance. Well, we see the light go disappear, and again, Kylo's shy, you know sh- shadowed in the darkness. He's able to be his most evil self again because he's helmetless now, right? Like he's he's. Han's made him at least a little vulnerable. I think Han is clearly getting through to him to a point. Oh yeah. But Kylo just retreats into that darkness and is not capable of, you know, not capable of coming back to the light and he does what he thinks is, is best. And so is Han. And, you know, um, you know, we've talked about this on, on previous episodes about the, you know, the, this idea of the mentors giving up their lives and they all kind of mean different things. You know, Qui-Gon's is not intentional. Obi-Wan's is and it has a very direct purpose to save lives. That's not – Han's not doing this necessarily to save lives. Like he's simply – he. this is just Han being a father, inviting yeah. his son back home. This, in a way, it's the prodigal son except the prodigal son turns on the father. You know, Han is like – you There's know. One,
0: and- Do with the father,
1: yeah. You know, we know I know what you've done, I know who you are, but we miss you come home, you know. And
0: uh, Kyle's just not having it, no, no. He but he's torn about it, you know. On the one hand, you'd think he's you know, he'd really like to come home, he'd really like to you know, accept Han's offer, but you know, like Vader. I uh it's too late for me. You know, he's he's made his commitment, a commitment not easily broken. Um and uh he feels tied to it. He feels bound to it and he's committed to the idea of eliminating the young boy in him who he sees as weak. Yeah. And if he accepts Han's offer, that boy comes back and he doesn't want that at all.
1: Yeah. Great point, Jason. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. You know, my son is alive. (laughs) Nope. He was weak and foolish like his father. So I destroyed him. (laughs) Not yet. Exactly. and, And he still hasn't. Nope. Um, but yeah, I, I, and as Han, you know, puts his hand on Kylo's face before he falls. um, you know, that just you know that's what splits Kyle kind of, like Snoke says, he was split in two. I think that's specifically what splits him in two as well. Is Oh yeah. When Han is stabbed through two, um, Han looks surprised. I don't think Han expected that. Um, no. And uh, what really elicits the response to me first off, like there's the sheer shock of him just stabbing through Han. But then Chewie's roar, like, oh, like, oh, my God. And then Ray screaming, yeah. no, um, like just all of that on top of it. Like, it just breaks your heart. And then as we and obviously, yeah, we see Leia then too, like slumping under the weight of this. Like, I think she's shocked. Like, I can't believe that's where our son has gone to. And again, like so again, we're keeping this in context. Last Jedi, like this is only a few days later when we get to the end of Last Jedi and Leia confesses to Luke, like, I know my son's gone. I think this is really why I think that's where her hope started to become lost in in redeeming her son. She I yeah. think she sincerely believed that Han would be able to get through to him and then to feel what happened to Han, I think is her is finally starting to admit to herself maybe Han was right. He is gone.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, you're I think you're you're right on with that. Um she's still reeling from the loss of 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 han of her husband of of her her friend and the fact that her son is the one who did this makes it all the more painful and makes it all the more tragic and it's it hurts and this is you know i mean how how else would you respond to that i mean i can't think of many other ways you would so right and this is one of my this is one of the moments in this movie that really gets to me obviously the 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 han the interaction between han and kylo but chewie's roar and leia the the look on leia's face afterwards all of that combined just it it's like a gut punch so. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, yep. Every time. Every time it's a sucker punch. Yeah. Well, let's and move get over it. Let's move on. Let's. <laughs> so. Move along.
1: Move along. Move along. Move along. We're moving into the forest of Takad or Takadana of Starkiller Base, which I still believe is Ilum, which I think would be awesome. That would um, be cool. You know, now you're going to get the showdown between Ray, Finn, and Kylo. And. My favorite part of the, of this fight is um, when Kylo like he like he tosses Rey aside. Finn's pissed, and and Kylo yells "Traitor!" Um, it's just so it just it just elicits so much of like the Anakin of Revenge of the Sith.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's <laughs> he feels wronged. You no, know, whether even though he's the one doing the wronging, he feels wronged, and he doesn't feel. Uh, ju- I mean, he he feels justified in what he's about to do, completely and entirely. Um, and he's obviously pissed, and you know, letting the dark side keep him upright <laughs> because we know the pain he's in with that bowcaster shot to the gut. So, right, it's yeah. He's gonna take down the traitor and the girl who. Saw into his soul. Yep. Yep.
1: So, Finn is—you know—Finn is just toyed with. Again, it's like Vader toying with Luke and Empire. Um, yeah. you know. Also, yeah. Like Kylo is severely injured physically, but also you know—emotionally in light of yes. just killing his father. Um, <laughs> but he's still toying yeah. with Finn, and when Finn finally does get you know, a a strategic strike and Kylo immediately ends the fight.
0: Right. Right. It's, it's all over by that time. You know, as as soon as, as Finn gets the upper hand, it's like, okay, we're done playing. I'm done just venting my rage. Let's end this. (laughs) So, uh, and then, and then the moment comes when that, that saber, it belongs to me. So he's going to pull it to him with the force and it bypasses him and goes straight to ray yep that's got to hurt <laughs> yep. yep
1: so uh, yeah it's uh one of the, this is also one of the greatest scenes in in my opinion in the movie um, oh yeah and of course like we've all been hearing for for a couple of years now but that music cue which is right out of a new hope where you know luke sees his the remains of his aunt and uncle. And you get that like rendition of the force theme. It's where Luke accepts what the force is calling him to do. He accepts his, his journey, right? right. And this is where Le- Leia, Ray accepts her journey as well. And she's finally going to open herself to the force. Exactly.
0: So, and, uh, she, she doesn't yeah. do too shabby without any formal lightsaber training. she does, pretty good she is a skilled melee fighter as we've discussed on many occasions uh but it takes up until the end after uh kylo has offered to teach her you need a teacher you know and and he offers that to her and it takes that to jolt jolt her out of just you know relying on her skills and her opening herself up to the force to actually make that choice to operate with the force first uh, first and foremost. And that's what helps her win the day. Yep.
1: Yeah. And it, because, again, she becomes like a vessel of the force. That's it. Yes. You know, she does have some wherewithal on how to f- fight with a melee weapon, to be fair. She's also fighting an extremely wounded Kylo. Um, and yeah, she's just channeling like this raw energy of the force and that's how she bests him. And again, you know, for all the, I think Ryan, as much as Ryan didn't care about placating fans, which is fair, like it's not his job to placate what fans alone want his, his, you know, his, his only obligation is to write a good story. Um, yes. And of course, obviously you can ask people who disagree that he did, but I think he wrote a very wonderful story. Um, not perfect but wonderful. And mm-hmm. one of the wonderful things he did is right at the beginning of the movie though, his that you know that scene between Snoke and Kylo where he says like, you know, you were unbalanced and untrained, bested by a girl who'd never held a lightsaber, right? Um it's very clear like yeah, we know Kylo's more powerful. Kylo could easily have won that fight had he not just considered, you know, con- committed patricide and physically wounded. <laughs> right. Um but yeah, so Ryan gives like a very simple but profound explanation. But even in the context of the film, of just Force Awakens, it makes sense that Ray's able to do this.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, do you have anything more to say about the duel between them? Um, no. It's. Okay. I mean,
1: it's great. Um, yeah. I do – well, real quick. I do love um, – I was talking to my friend Greg about this the other day. I really like the fighting style that they've been giving us in the sequels for lightsaber combat. Mm -hmm. Um, And and this is not to like crap on the prequels because of course I love, I mean, Duel of the fates is still my favorite fight scene in all of star Wars. (laughs) But by the time we get to revenge of the Sith, there's just, there's such a high level of overly choreographed fighting lightsaber fighting. And it's not to say that they're bad. They're just, it's a different style. And again, you know, we kind of talked about this on on the episode last week with talking about Phantom Menace, right? The way the Jedi fight in this, Prequel era is it is a bit like showy. It's a bit it's an art form, right? So it makes sense that it's different. But I really appreciate kind of just like this raw, brute lightsaber style that Kylo employs in in both of the sequel films so far. Um, I really yeah. like it. It's it's just it just I don't know. It 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 is a breath of fresh air from. By the time we get to the end of Revenge of the Sith with the Battle of the Heroes, like I'm just like I've kind of had enough of the lightsaber fights. There's so many in that movie, and again, they're all like they're all fine and good. It's just there's just too many, in, in my opinion. So, um, so I just no I re- such thing as too many lightsabers. I, I mean, I'd love to agree, but <laughs> Revenge of the Sith proves that wrong for me, unfortunately. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I just I really like the style of fighting in this film.
0: And, and then carry yeah. over into Last Jedi. Yeah, no, it it's a good it's a a good uh change of pace. Um it's really nifty and and I like it. It also suits the characters better, too. So um Yeah. So that's for sure which is uh appropriate and which is what all choreographers try and do is that they develop fight styles that suit the characters. At hand, Um, I do want to mention. You know, I know we haven't really discussed it. uh, I do want to mention. I like, you know, Poe's flying skills as he does the Force Awakens trench run um, and stuff. Um, He's he's definitely proved yet again. He's one hell of a pilot. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, and then as soon as as they land that hit. Uh, Hux is gone you know <laughs> Hux is like right. huh, Supreme Leader it's over we're done here um, and he takes off so yeah but he's yeah. ordered to bring Kylo with him which is probably, <laughs> probably much his what his he did not want
1: yeah yeah um, and uh, real quick about the Poe thing because it's just I mean not a lot to say other than that it's really cool, but I do love the little moment in he, where he closes the S-foils to fly through that little gap and then reopens them. It's Just, yes. just a neat little thing. Yeah. Um, it's cool. Yeah. But yeah, no. So Hux is, Hux is definitely not going down with this ship because I don't think Hux feels like, oh, my God, we're ultimately defeated. It's just like, oh, crap, this is gone. So I've got to get out of here so that I can continue the fight. Um, right. And exactly. he's probably no, hoping to himself, "Good, Kylo, hopefully will die here. <laughs> I can just be Snoke's right." And, Snoke's then, right and hand. Then he's
0: ordered to go get Kylo, and if he shows up without him, well, then it's his neck. So exactly, self-preservation. Right, get Kylo. Yes, yes exactly.
1: <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, l- talking about kind of the wrap of the film, they come back to you know Dakar, and you know, essentially everybody's licking their battle wounds, um, and R two wakes up.
0: Yes, finally, <laughs> finally, there has not been enough R2-D2s thus far. Um, he finally wakes up. He's been in sleep mode this whole time, deciphering things and uh, is able to provide us the last piece of the Luke Skywalker map puzzle. So um, that crucial, crucial moment when they're able to finally go, aha, aha. This is where he went. We'll start there. Um, So (laughs) I wish he had a little bit more to do, but yeah, I agree. At least least he, at least he woke up and he wasn't gone forever. Yeah. Or the whole movie. Right. I do want to mention um, briefly just the, the shots of Leia and Ray hugging and mourning the loss of Han. And then, the shot of Chewie by himself, also mourning, uh, because that that shot in particular with Chewie just ugh. No one wants to see a sad Wookiee, right?
1: No, <laughs> definitely not. Um, yeah, it, and the moment you know, it's very clear that Leia and Ray are mourning Han because. The Prince Han and the Princess theme is playing in the background. So again, like John Williams is cueing for us. This is what they're mourning, um, right? You know, yeah. Obviously, JJ himself admitted like it was a mistake not to have Leia embrace Chewie rather than have him just walk right by her. Um, but I also think Chewie is the type of character who, while he is devastated, he's not going to stay in that slump either. He's just going to push forward and find a new purpose. Which for him is helping out with the resistance. It's helping Rey. Like he sees something in her because Han saw something in her too, right? It's it's it just immediately makes me think of the carbon freezing chamber, and Empire Strikes Back. Han very well thinks he's about to die, so he asks Chewie to just take care of Leia. Right, Leia, I love you so much. I'm giving you what's most important to me. So now with Han gone, even though he's in he clearly had such a, a thing for Ray. And I don't mean that like a romantically clearly, um, but he, he certainly was enamored with Ray enough to make Chewy now feel like, all right, I'm going to honor Han by caring for her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it also gives him an excuse to go find Luke and, and give him what for. Um, <laughs> yep. So <laughs> break down the damn door. <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, Busted open. But yeah, so you know, Ray says her farewell to Finn, confident that they'll see each other again. Yeah, wait two days. Um, you know, I don't know how long last Jedi lasts, but it's only a few days at most. Um
0: But the thing I, I still think I still think the evacuation is a couple days later, you know, from The Force Awakens. Um, and the Octo stuff takes place over a slightly longer period of time than the rest of the movie, but just to the storytelling aspect of it all it's cut the way it is. So that's just my opinion.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. Um, but I love the shot though, of the Falcon leaving as all of the resistance is out, like cheering Ray on, because (laughs) I think in a way it's Ray, I've kind of made this point a lot in, and in some ways in in the last couple of months, but Ray is leaving with the hope of the resistance on board the Falcon, right? Their hope is that she'll return with Luke and Luke is the key to winning this struggle, especially now. Right. Um, so I think as they, they're cheering her because they know where she's off to, she's off to get Luke and that's their hope. Um, once again, the Falcon is the bearer of hope, just like it was at the end of
0: Empire, right? So I love them. Yeah. yeah. Nope. That Falcon's been in a lot of important places, and uh, there's yet another one to add to the list. Yep. So and then we get the arrival on Octo, the Jedi Steps. Mm. and there he is Fine. Luke Skywalker. Jedi Knight and friend of Captain Solo. (laughs) Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight. (laughs) Uh, Master. (laughs) Sorry, Jedi Master. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's...
1: So, watching this scene now in light of Last Jedi... First, I want to make two quick comments here as we're starting to close out. And it's it's obviously the expressions on both characters' faces. Start with Ray. Ray is one of like determination. She's holding out this lightsaber. She's extending it to him. Again, right? Like, take me on. I'm ready. I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to really begin my journey. Right. She's taken responsibility for what's within her. She's ready to be taught what to do with it. And I like for a second, if you Daisy Ridley is just such a wonderful actor actress um and and i think this scene is one of many that exemplifies that watch just her facial expressions the way she acts it there's like a brief moment where she kind of wavers for a second almost like i don't know if she's feeling like a little bit of nervousness or fear but then she kind of like just this look of determination comes over her and she holds it out very firmly um and i love that Mm -hmm. like she it's like this brief moment of doubt but then she's like nope after what i've just been through this is my place this is where i belong and obviously, we speculated for years before Last Jedi came out. Years too, but um, right, we were speculating for those two years of what what is going on with Luke? What he looks so distraught? What is he feeling? Well, he's probably feeling the weight of Han's death, and right, that was kind of what we all speculated. Right. But now, in light of Last Jedi, watching it with that perspective, what I see on his face there is one of just sorrow. Of like, oh crap! I thought I was done with this. That's what right. I see. Of like. I thought I had gotten away from all this. I thought I was doing what I'm supposed to do. What is this in my face now? So it's it's one of just like, like oh my gosh, right? Like he can't get away defeat. from that lightsaber. Yes, exactly. For
0: goodness' sake, that lightsaber is back again. It was that was the thing that kicked off his whole journey to begin with, and now it's come back around and it's back in his life and it's bringing someone with it and. I did not want this. And didn't you say that in the, um, the novelization that Luke has just come from a failed attempt at uh, yeah. trying to destroy the Jedi tree. Yep. So yep. that's why he's all dressed up in his duds. <laughs> exactly. So. But, uh, yeah, no, it's it, <laughs> when you're, when you cut yourself off from the force, and you have you have no idea what's coming with uh, with Ray and, and her mission here. You turn around and she's there with his old lightsaber. I, I would I would imagine that uh, a swirl of emotions tends to take over. Yeah. So, but there you, there you go. go. Yeah. yeah. So obviously
1: we went a little bit quicker than we've normally done in these acts, but we're trying to be a little bit more attentive to how much time we take on the shows. Um, and of course, starting next week, it's all solo for probably the next few weeks. <laughs> um uh yeah so next week we'll be putting out our our solo pre-show where we just talk about you know stuff leading up to it what we're hoping to see what we think we might see again all of this is spoiler free i know nothing about the film beyond what we've been shown in clips and behind the scenes things from lucasfilm officially um so we'll be kind of just geeking out about that next week um now, that weekend that Solo comes out, both of us have you know some fun but big obligations that weekend. You're going to be at Phoenix Comic-Con that weekend.
0: Yes. And then yes, I am.
1: I will be down in New York for – so obviously friends of the show, you all know Joe Hogan. So uh, I'm part of a great group of guys down there who are all friends. And one of those guys is getting married that weekend. So I'll be down in New York City for that wedding. So unfortunately, Jason and I are not going to be able to, like we normally have been able to do, get out a quick – first response episode you know the day after the show because jason's going to probably be in a hotel room um well actually you'll be on the convention floor all day and I'll, I'll be uh at work and then going to the movie again in the evening and then i'm we're both gone that whole weekend packing. sorry you don't need to know our weekend plans long story short we will get one out early the, the week after solo premieres uh which is great too because i'll we'll have a little bit more time to digest it i may do a very yes. quick response episode that friday afternoon if i have time um just cuz i may need to <laughs> um but uh but the, all that being said we will certainly have a full blown episode sh- you know early the following week um and uh and of course yes. do a few more afterwards and of course invite all of you to come 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 at us with your come at us give us your your
0: feedback so that we can share it on the show and talk about that as well yeah and i will be doing a panel uh about solo and the future of star Wars at Phoenix comic-con, uh, the way it's set up this year. Um, I'll be seeing the movie Thursday night here in Tucson. And then early Friday morning, I will be getting up and driving to Phoenix comic-con for my panel Friday morning at 10 30. Um, so we'll be talking about, you know, what's coming up, uh, with some of the new movies and the TV shows. So we'll talk a little bit about resistance and that sort of thing. Um, The rumor, the big, credible rumor that Kenobi is next. Um, Apparently, there's stuff going on at the studios in London that seems to indicate, according to Fanthatrax, which is run by uh, one of the old Jedi News guys. um, Good old Mark Newbold. Mark Newbold. Yep, Mark Newbold. So, um, supposedly, uh, Kenobi's coming up. Um, We'll see if that actually pans out but um and all that fun stuff and then we'll have a, a like a spoiler-free discussion about solo and then at the end of the panel we'll uh dive into a little bit of spoiler discussion. Um so if people don't haven't seen the movie yet, they don't have to uh listen to that. Yeah. So yeah. So there you and go. That will be and that and that panel will be put on on the podcast here um as it normally is. Uh I'm not sure exactly when we'll get it up but we might just release a couple episodes next uh, the, that that week, right? So yeah, exactly. So well, as always, my friend, this was fun. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed getting back and and going back through Force Awakens. I had fun with it. Me too. Me too. And it's nice going back to you know after you've seen Last Jedi and go ah, there's connections there. You know, right? It's always. Yeah. Always fun connecting the dots later on. Yeah. So.
1: And um, so we will have we're going to do a poll at the end of this episode, which we will go over next week. But then we'll probably hit pause on the matchups and polls for a little bit until the solo coverage is finished. Um, just because we'll be talking about that pretty much alone for probably the next you know few episodes. So this will be the last poll and matchup for probably at least until the beginning of June. Um right. but it's perfect timing especially in light of tonight's episode because our next poll is your favorite musical moment in Force Awakens.
0: What? Like that could not have been timed any more perfectly. <laughs> it's like we planned it. I know, it's the will of the Force. Don't tell them we didn't. um <laughs> Don't, Carl, don't tell them we didn't plan them. Okay, I'll <laughs> I'll light it that out. Just All kidding. Right. There's no All right, good. There's there's no edits. <laughs> there's no edits. We don't edit. It. Um so, yeah, there you go. Favorite musical moment from The Force Awakens. Uh, Carl, if people want to weigh in on the episode, weigh in on the poll or anything else, their excitement about Solo, like us, where can they do that? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked because, of
1: course, they can do it on our Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at WampasLair. Our email is WampasLairPodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, if you'd like to support the show, um, on our Patreon, head over to patreon.com/slash/wompasir podcast.
0: Excellent. You got anything else? Uh, I just can't wait for Solo. I know. I uh, we get to talk about it next week, and then it's here. Uh, praise oh, the Force it. from all, from whom all blessings flow. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and with that we're gonna wrap up this episode of the Wampa's Lair Podcast. This has been episode number two hundred and eighty two, the la or uh, the Force Awakens, Act Three. For Carl, I'm Jason, and we will see you next time here in the Wampa's Lair.